Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stronghold Podcast. I'm here with Jake, the producer. What's up, Jake? Hey, how you doing? Good, man. Good. I'm a little hungover. Why, why is that? I mean, surprise, surprise. <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, you're probably not surprised at all that I'm hungover on a Sunday, but I am, and it's because we had a kick-ass tournament yesterday. Uh, the Singapore Grappling Invitational 2 finally happened yesterday. What an awesome, awesome tournament. I met so many... Uh, amazing young competitors in the scene that I haven't met and I saw some guys that I had met and had seen compete before and honestly man I was just super impressed about the whole thing like the production quality was top notch the matches were really really compelling back and forth I love the ADCC rule sets that made everything really interesting there was a nice wide variety of of techniques gi no gi tournament format it was just like wrestler versus jujitsu like old school match styles as well. The whole thing was just amazing. And then uh, I'm a little hungover because me and uh, Professor Major decided to go and uh, have some beers after after and drink. Well earned beers because you were both on commentary all evening. Yeah, actually, I didn't think we would be going nonstop the whole time. Like I thought, oh, we would start when the match starts and then we'd kind of yep. sit there or whatever. No. But it was three hours of straight of straight commentary. They would literally like you know, point the camera at us in between and then they would just rotate it, roll over straight to the matches and then right back to us. And so it was interesting. I would definitely, uh, I would definitely, I'll definitely learn from this one for next time I do commentary or something like that, but it's a learning experience. Right. And, but man, the jujitsu matches were absolutely amazing. Production was amazing. Sound quality on my mic, a little low. Yo, I'm just saying, I'm just saying next time, just, Hey, bring I, in Jake. Give, give me a little shout. Come on. The video was amazing. The setup was amazing. All the tech crews were, were absolutely amazing. My volume was pretty low. I kept getting messages during the competition. It'd be like, Luke, talk louder. Luke, talk louder. And I'm like, it's definitely not my volume. It's the mic volume. I'm the loudest person in the room. Major's literally looking over me. He's like, will you shut the fuck up? <laughs> like, I mean, you're being so loud. But I was just pumped for it, man. Uh, Jake, can you, uh, maybe if you can pull up the link. If you're listening to this and you haven't checked out these matches, you should check it out. For uh, Oz and, and Tiffany, the people that organized it, they did a hell of a job, man. Like everything was super professional. The crew that they had was really amazing. You know, they had nice graphics in between, nice cutting back and forth between the commentators and the matches. And then the guys would come over and give some interviews. And uh, man, the whole thing was just spectacular, well organized. I actually thought, and I, I said this to Major and we talked. That is the most entertaining jujitsu format I've ever seen. He, he was, yeah, brilliant. I, I, I watched the vast majority of it. Uh, every match, everyone was going for it. Like, everyone was in shape. Everyone was prepared. I don't think it was a bad match. No, they were all great. Yeah. And the other thing was that, you know, it was actually, it was about two hours. It was about two hours, right? So that's a perfect amount of time to do a whole tournament. Like you, you can sit there and actually watch it in one sitting. It's not like, you know, you ADCC or you go to these competitions and you're there for like eight or nine hours and it's just a grind. Like nobody's going to watch that. Even like a, an EBI tends to drag because they have like the brackets and stuff like that. And even that can take forever. But that two hour format works really, really well. Yeah, like hour and a half, two hours, like a movie. Or something like that's just about as much attention span as you can give to one thing. And I thought they hit it perfectly. I actually thought, because, you know, I'm a cynical jiu-jitsu. I've been to so many of these competitions when they gave me the timeline of like how long it was going to be. And they were like, oh, yeah, it'll be over 830. And I was like, we'll see. We'll see. And I expected it to go way longer. Actually, it finished early because there were so many submissions, real quick submissions. 
And, uh, man, the whole thing was amazing. The talent, the skill level of some of these young guys, especially in the ADCC rule format, was just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, these purple belts, mostly purple belts, I would say that's like the, if you kind of took the top end and the bottom end and then like met in the middle. Yeah, averaged it out. Averaged it out. They'd be like mostly purple belts, right? And the skill level that they had, like I think about myself as a purple belt, dude, I didn't have any of those skills. Some of these guys were just absolutely amazing. Oz, the organizer, crushed it. He ended up winning the whole thing. And uh, we, we got a few uh, Stronghold Podcast awards to give out. And I, I would definitely say that the MVP of the night is Oz. And that's for two reasons. One, he won the tournament. Two, he submitted everybody. And three, he organized the damn tournament too. Unless maybe he knew something. And he, you know, he set these brackets <laughs> yeah, up. And he's like, set oh. these brackets a little. Yeah, no. may, maybe he organized this whole tournament just to kind of jerk himself off a little bit. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding, Oz. Dude, the whole thing was awesome. I think uh, the MVP of the night had to be Oz because of what he did both on the mats and off of it. Because... It was actually entertaining. Major and I, so we we went and had some drinks at Heart of Darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah that place. Got some like IPAs and stuff, some fish tacos. Got nice and hammered, and then we went back to his place to to, to watch because we wanted to see what it looked like, how it sounded like, and we were trying to figure out how we could do it better in the future, both with the commentary and all that kind of stuff. First of all, wearing a mask while you're talking into a mic is stupid. I get it, but it's stupid. It's really annoying. Uh, but, you know, we were trying to figure out how to, like, bounce ideas off of each other, keep the conversation going, the flow, highlight each other's strengths in terms of, like, how we're communicating, like, play-by-play, caller. And as we sat there and watched the whole thing, other than my mic being a little too low, it was really entertaining. Like, we sat there and actually enjoyed watching it. I hate watching jujitsu. It's boring. Normally, yeah. I find it boring. But the combination of the matches being good and the format being tight, I thought it was excellent. As, as someone who watches... Uh I don't mind watching jiu-jitsu because I will watch literally any sport you put me in front of apart from like tennis. So I thought the level of like the competitors yesterday was excellent. Like every single one was, you know, high, high level jiu-jitsu in that tournament. And it felt like, it felt like the competition was actually, you know, it felt like a little viral. Like it, it felt people were anticipating it. It's the first one back in a while. It's an invitational, which is nice. And, Man, everybody, I told Oz this because, you know, listen, you want to put on a jiu-jitsu competition, this is not a money-making venture. This is a passion project, right? I mean, you can build it to a point where you can maybe turn some money out of it, but you're fucking not going to get rich doing it, right? But everybody was sharing that shit for days. My uh, group chat was blowing up the whole time. Like, several of my group chats were blowing up. I had a parent come in today, one of her kids... Uh, trains with me and she's sitting there talking to me about how they had group chats going where people were all watching it and the the guys that did the production told us that we were more viewed than i think the singapore football match or something else was on last night and they said they had more comments and more views than that and then i checked this morning how many views is that at right now jake uh the one i'm on is uh, 854 but they had it across three YouTube things, so I don't know what the combination of the three is. And that's just YouTube, right? That doesn't include yeah. Facebook and no. all the other stuff. So that's pretty good. For the second show that they've ever done, that's that's actually pretty good, man. And people, people were well up for it because there's been like a dearth of sport here, a dearth of events and stuff like that. So people were asking me yesterday, like, oh, where can I watch it when, uh, when I finish training? I was like, yo, I'll just throw it in the group chat later once it starts. And then threw it in that, and then like the stronghold, like 
group chat everyone was commenting everyone was chipping in everyone was enjoying it like it's very rare that happens when it's just jujitsu yeah and none of our guys are even competing no but people just wanted to watch it they wanted to check it out well, support support the scene as well like singapore's grappling scene is you know has a lot of members to it and i'll tell you what this you know we've had the pandemic we've had the closures all of you guys listening to this have have had times where you can't train and everything has just been difficult over the last two years the most refreshing part of the whole thing was actually just being like in the scene outside of the gym, like seeing an event going. It's just such a reminder of how awesome the jujitsu scene here is when we can do it. Right. And luckily, you know, there were only 50 people allowed to be there. Fortunately, I was able to be one of them. Most people were just, you know, forced to kind of catch it online. But man, it really was a breath of fresh air to just go to an event and just be pumped up to watch some guys compete, and especially the local guys. I mean, you know, I, I know a lot of the guys, but I met new people that I haven't met that have only started training in the in the last you know couple years or whatever that were competing or were involved. Actually, a few people came over to me and told me they listened to the podcast. A lot of people have listened to almost everybody has listened to a episode, right? Yeah. Like I'm not sure. I'm sure everybody's not listening to every single episode, but almost everybody there has listened to a episode. So that's nice. That like, at least people have enjoyed some of the content that we're trying to put out. I mean, it's surprising as well as nice, but yeah, yeah that's good. I was like, oh, that's that's nice. I don't, you know, I'm doing this for fucking ghosts. I thought, but it's nice to actually I, see people. People come love in. drunk rambling, apparently. Well, I'm I'm your Huckleberry then. If you like drunk <laughs> rambling. So listen, man, I want to get to uh, the actual breakdown of, of the matches and, you know, give out the, the Stronghold Podcast Awards for, for some, some uh, observations that I made during the competition. First of all, I'll say the, I'll give the young and up and, up, up and comer award to Mateo. Did you see this kid? Who competed against Daryl in the first round? Oh, yeah. You mean the one that you accidentally coached whilst commentating on? Yeah, that one. <laughs> that one. Man, this kid, is, he told me he's only been training for two and a half years. <sighs> two and a half years. And he goes against a Singapore national team member in Daryl who's like, I mean, Daryl's probably knocking on the door for the brown belt. Yeah. Right? And Mateo would just look great. He had him in two triangles. Like, Daryl also had him, like, uh, in danger at one point. And then he was able to escape, locked up that other triangle, and turns out the kid's only been training for two and a half years. He's a blue belt. He teaches kids classes at Carpe Diem. Apparently, I, I spoke to him afterward. He's a, like a you know third culture kid. I think his parents are international. He's American. Yeah. His uh, parents are international school teachers. And like two and a half years to be that good. I so I watched that one. And if you'd have said to me how long has he been training, I'd have been putting like four years, five years. Yeah, I mean, and he, not an easy match. No. Not an easy match against Daryl, man. Daryl's good. I mean, I've seen Daryl tap out black belts. And and to see him do that, and he, he was super fun. He told me he, he watched the podcast and, you know, just got tons of energy. And I actually told him to come on the podcast one day. Cause if you, if, <laughs> is if he, he old enough to drink? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's 19, I think. He, he oh, said. that's fine then, yeah. Unless he's lying to me because he knows. <laughs> he knows what's up. But, uh, yeah, Mateo, he's, he's one of these new young generations it's like borderline scary how good they can get so quickly and that was the first match straight off the bat both of them just throwing hellfire at each other daryl's jumping in a leg inverting getting on top almost threatens him with something i can't exactly remember what it was then mateo gets him in a triangle then daryl escapes the triangle and then he gets him again in the triangle and it was just crazy crazy the first match was fire uh you know amazing to see and I love the no-gi format, the ADCC rule set. So shout out to you, Mateo. 
you're you're a legend, dude. You can definitely come on the podcast one day, and uh, we'll chat it up and, and drink some beers, assuming that you're actually fucking old enough. Which I, I don't know. You look pretty young, bro. Uh, so that that one uh, was the first match of the night. Real real promising young and up and coming competitor. And uh, Oz is the MVP. I'm I'm gonna give Oz the MVP for sure. As I mentioned earlier, he organized the tournament and he won. He won the whole competition. He submitted everybody two heel hooks and a triangle. These guys in their heel hooks, man. I mean, it was crazy. Between did uh, I can't remember if Kai Shang also got a heel hook. No, Kai Shang got the rear naked choke. All the majors guys just going for heel hooks, right? Arthur literally attempted 300 heel hooks in his match with Gary. Like they're both literally. We were making jokes on the uh, on the commentary because Arthur and Gary were just literally going heel for heel for heel. Nobody wanted yeah. to play points that, at that all. That one so yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were they were like, oh, points are <laughs> stupid. And I'm like, no, come up on the sweeps. And they're like, no, nah, fuck you. I'm, I'm going to take this heel hook. Points are for pussies. We're going to heel hook each other to death. So uh, Gary and Arthur win the I'm going to constantly assault you with heel hooks regardless of the positions over and over and over again award. And uh, Amiral, Amiral did great too. He got all the way to the finals. He had some long, grueling matches. Um, a longtime competitor in the scene. Him and Harold, the first Harold could have won this tournament too. Amiro got him in that first round in in overtime or whatever. But you know, Harold could have won, and him and Amiro have competed. I think Harold said right before the match they've competed four times. Yeah, this might have been the fifth time they both beat each other. So different rules, like gi- oh, one guy got him in the gi, and then I think they both beat each other in the gi. And the analysis no gi, ADCC rules. We saw some slams out of some submissions, which is crazy. You can literally someone put you in a triangle, you can power bomb him. So that was fun. That was fun for me. <laughs> and uh, who else, man? Who else really stuck out there? And then, of course, oh, man. So, surprise of the night, I think it's fairly obvious. Who, who, who for you? Uh, I've got to, I've got to, I keep looking up his name because I keep saying it. I'm definitely... Mujik? Uh, Mujik, Mujik yeah. yeah. Against Bruno. Man. Oh, my God. What, man? I, I, I don't know. I didn't know about this Mujik guy because uh, I think he's been in Singapore basically during the lockdown, during Corona. I think he came a little bit before as well. Um, Charmaine told me this. I'm, I'm not sure if it's completely accurate, but there's this purple belt uh, Korean girl called Sue, who Charmaine competed against in one competition. If I'm not mistaken, they might be married or in a relationship or, or something like that. That's what Charmaine told me. I, yeah. I don't know. Um, but anyway, he's the coach of Equilibrium, and he might very well be the best gi jiu-jitsu player in Singapore. He, he certainly announced himself on the scene, because like you oh, say, like no one really knows him because he's a pretty new coach here and stuff like this. But, oh, my God, everyone knows his name now who's into BJJ and in Singapore. I mean, to once they spent the first four or five minutes both trying to get on top, man, Major made the point that they both know whoever gets on top will probably win because Bruno is also a ferocious guard passer. And Major trained with Mujik, and Major was like, man, you know, we kind of slapped hands, fist bump. They've rolled before, right? They trained together. And then he was like, he literally cut through my guard like butter that quick. And I was like, really? And I was like, oh, shit. So this guy. And then they they compete. They're both going for takedowns for the first maybe four minutes. Man, once Mujik got on top, Bruno was done in like a minute and a half or two minutes. Man, to to pass Bruno's guard, take his back and choke him in like two minutes. Yep. Oh, and, Br- and Bruno's like as legit as they come. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like to be able to, once they got to the ground, the match was over in like two minutes. Yeah. That is crazy. Like Bruno is as seasoned a vet as they get. Granted, Mujik's a little bit younger. He's a kind of newer generation and, and all that kind of stuff. But still, like, he really announced himself on the scene with that match. That was incredible. I got to get you. Mujik, if you're listening, dude, uh, does he have – I don't know if he has uh, Instagram or not. 
I don't know. I I uh, message Yang because he oh yeah he's, please yeah, out, out of equilibrium. As soon as he, like, oh yeah, sort, sort it out with Yang. I was messaging Yang like yo, I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. Ask Yang, Yang if we can we can sort. I don't know if Mujik has social media. Uh, Tiffany sent me a list of all the competitors and their social medias before the commentary, so that way I can stalk them. And she didn't send me Mujik, so I don't know if he's on like Instagram or not. I'll check or Facebook or whatever, but. Uh, if somebody can reach out to him, if anyone from Equilibrium is listening, or, or Jake, yeah, yeah. of course I've I've had Yang, the owner of Equilibrium, on the podcast before. Um, but yeah, Mooch, I gotta talk to you, dog. I gotta know what the fuck you're doing because that's <laughs> where did you learn that? We need to know, <laughs> bro. I mean, he just went he went knee slice, yep, to the three quarter mount, took the back, like took the back, collar cross collar choke, the most basic shit that you teach every single white belt, and he did it to a very to a, a brown belt world champion. Right, like any in like two minutes, I don't know what that dude's doing. And he's a smaller guy, like Bruno's yeah, bigger. Bruno, Bruno's, Bruno's fucking big guy. jacked, right? I mean, but you can tell Mujic has got that deceptive strength. Like even with the grip fighting, like you can just tell that. Oh man, he's he's sneaky. This guy, sneaky strong. Everything he did was basic, and that's what's really impressive, right? Like to just like knee cut, pass, take the back, choke Bruno Amrim. Are you kidding me? Like the most basic shit ever. There was no surprises. He just is pressure. His pressure on top was absolutely incredible. So he's another standout guy, breakout. And after watching that, I'd be hard-pressed to believe that many people in Singapore in the gi can beat him. I don't know what his no-gi game is like. You know what I mean? I just saw him uh, do that, so I don't know what his like heel-hook game is like or anything like that. But if he's a purely specialist in the gi. But, man, who's going who's gonna to beat that guy? I don't know. That'd be this guy might be a problem. <laughs> yeah, there's not going to be a lineup like there's not going to be a queue of people lined up to take him on in the next one. I'm certain of that. Oh, I mean, I mean, people will still do it, but good yeah. luck, good luck with that. I don't want none of that. Keep that dude away from me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless I'm, I can punch or kick, kick or something. Keep that dude away from me. I don't want none of that smoke. <laughs> so he was, he man, I just so impressed with that dude. And then. uh the other co-main event. What did you think about the the match between Lecky and Artem? It was interesting, right? We got a, a stylistic match: BJJ versus wrestling. You, you caught that one, right? Yeah, yeah. In, in, wicked enjoyable match, like perfect styles clash sort of thing, and ah, uh, just a wacky finish. Like nothing, you know, everything fair and above board and stuff like that. But just what well, it was like in the last five seconds that um, Lecky scored, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the last five seconds. Yep. Which was both amazing from Leke yeah. and also I feel like a little bit of a tactical mistake from Artem. Actually, uh, that same woman who I mentioned came to the gym. Her kid comes to the gym. She was chatting me up because they were all watching the tournament. And uh, she mentioned that in their group chats, apparently there was some drama, some controversy about a ghost tap, or the old, the old uh, Brazilian tap <laughs> when Artem had him Ooh. in that guillotine. I haven't watched it again. See, I watched it last night, yeah. but I was so drunk with Major. I, I, I also watched it drunk, so... So we are not a great authority right, <laughs> right now. I was sober when we did the commentary. I promise you that. Afterwards, a different animal. But, uh, yeah, you know, I guess he, like, touched or whatever the mat or the body when he was in that guilty. But you can do that, right? It just happens. You, you yeah. make contact or whatever. I, I don't know. But she was just like, oh, do you think it was this? Do you think it was this? And I'm like, I didn't even know there was any controversy. First of all, when Leke hit him with that, that takedown, they literally were going off the mat. Yeah. Like, outside the cage. I couldn't see anything. Because literally, like that went fully like off the mat, and I was curious about whether they would give him the sweep or not. So uh, basically, what happened was uh, Artem had Leke in a deep guillotine, and then he managed to use it. I think to he he had it, 
And then Lecky was able to free himself a little bit of it. And then Artem went for it again, and he fell back, kind of, and started to come up. And then Lecky hit him with a double leg because he was just trying to readjust and fall back on the guilty. And if he had just stayed on top for five more seconds, it would have gone into overtime. Yeah. And that's why it's a tactical mistake, because if it had gone into overtime, it would have favored Artem because negative points are in overtime. So Lecky can't pull guard. And obviously, Artem would have been favored. Yeah, there was a clear, like, there was a significant advantage on the feet. To yeah, in the wrestling. Yeah. And then, you know, and as it proved, especially Artem with his fucking sweaty gorilla body, like, hard to sweep, man. Tight. Hard to get. You can't get grips on that dude. Like no, tight tactical move as well, going topless. Yeah, exactly. He literally took his shirt off right before. He was like, oh, I'm going to go. And then he's like, oh, wait, no. Take that <laughs> off. Because then the friction, right? The yep. friction's gone. So it, literally every time Leke would try to get him, you know, and he's one of those sweaty dudes too. One of those sweaty. God, that damn, that dude is jacked. He's probably asking just, can you just turn the AC off for this one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense how jacked that dude is. AC. Like he's just all muscles and rolls and everything. And anyway, it was a really fun tactical match. And Leke hitting that that uh, win in the last five seconds was still. Oh, he's, he's exciting as hell. Like it was a brilliant finish, but yeah, it did look like a mistake on uh, Artem's part. Yeah, and, and for Artem, like, man, he was there. He, he's right there. You know, this is a guy who, who is a wrestler, mostly. I, I, I know he trains jiu-jitsu, and I know he's got, you know, some submission defense, and he has some, some jiu-jitsu and stuff. But Leke's yeah. a long-time competitor, one of the most tenured black belts in Singapore. He's been here, he's been here longer than almost everybody. So, you know, it's not easy. And Leke is in damn good shape. He looked shredded, too. And also, I told Major uh, after after the competition, because Leke is the guy that gave Major his black belt. I was like, like as Leke was leaving, I, I was like, you know what? Low-key, when I grow up, I want to be like Leke. He's just like <laughs> this silent dude who doesn't ever say shit. Like, like even I in the interview. I can't help but point out that that is definitely not you. No, <laughs> that's not me. Dude, didn't say no, this shit. is who I wish I could be in my head. <laughs> Because uh, I'm the opposite of that. I'm the blowhard who never shuts the fuck up. But, uh, but you know, Leke, he literally, like, they're like, come here for an interview. And he's like, I don't talk. I don't talk. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then he sat there. He's like, oh, yeah, it was a good match. Normal, normal stuff. And then we're like, hey, man, you, like, you want to go out? And I said, nah, I'm just going to go home. And we were sitting there talking. Oh, what, what, afterward, we're like, try to talk with him. We're like, oh, how'd it feel? Yeah, felt normal. And, I'm like, <laughs> and then he just walks off alone. Like, doesn't ever say shit. He's always like that, right? Not one for words, but just backs it up over and over again. But he made the point as well that like everybody showed up in shape. There was no one showing up, you know, looking a little doughy just along for the ride. And it'll be, oh, this will be a nice night. Have a bit of a play around and do like a sort of like piss around match. No, no, no. everybody came prepared and jacked. Yeah. And also everybody at the end of every match was like hands on their knees. <sighs> heaving like you know why because man in the adcc rules this is different guys if you're listening to this and you didn't catch the matches the adcc rule set is so different because you cannot pull guard unless you want to have a negative point right and you can go shirtless you can put on a gi top oh you can reap you can reap oh let me some reaping. you can slam out of submissions right like it's so different and so you're seeing these people wrestle hard when you're doing like Slap hands, fist bump, start on your knees, gi jiu-jitsu in the academy, right? You can get your position, you can get your grip, you can chill out, you can do all that kind of stuff. You can't do that in the ADCC rules. You just can't. Like, the pace is so much higher, it's no gi, so it's more fluid, it's faster. Yeah. So if you just go, match starts, sit on your ass, is that negative points as well? Yes. Yeah, straight off? Yep. 
Yep, no no guard pulling unless you want the negative point, and then you're automatically fighting an uphill battle because they want you to wrestle. Yeah, right. Because getting takedowns is important, but there's other ways you can manipulate the rules, and Leke did so. For example, uh, early on, Artem hit Leke with a takedown. And he just kind of accepted yeah, it because I, I, there's no points. Yeah, I, I saw a few of those as well where like some people were like, "I'm not pulling guard. I'm just." Letting them yeah, take you down. Falling over my... If I end up in guard, is that my fault? It's a, it's a little cheeky. It's a little cheeky, but... I approve. <laughs> of course you do, your butt-scooting motherfucker. You would. You would. You just want to, like, hump the carpet and scoot yeah, over to people. I did, my first move would be like, oh, I'll, just, I'll just sit down and take a negative. Scratch point. my asshole on the mat. That's what you want to do. But, yeah. So, which tactically was a good move. Actually, and Lecky wrestled for quite a bit, but then once he, the points are about to kick in, he's just like, okay, I'm going to go back here and... But, that was a tight move on his part as well. That's, because, that was tactically yeah, smart. Yeah, like, don't wait for points to start and then get taken down. Like, oh, well, I may as well upset this takedown and I'm probably safe on my back. And here's what I'll... Here, here's a little bit of... Not not criticism. I'm not criticizing any of these guys. What? Who the fuck am I? I'm just sitting there <laughs> talking, having the easiest job in the world, like having drinking fun. Drinking a beer and talking about it. I was not drinking that yet <laughs> when we were doing that. I was sober, unfortunately. Actually, even, even Major and I made the joke. We're like, how could this be any better? If we could actually have a beer while we were doing this, it'd be better, but it's not professional. So, But, uh, you know, if there's anything I would say is that, especially with uh, so many people being very, very leg lock heavy, I, w- I would like to see the tactics change. I don't know. I'm, I'm, what do you think on this, Jake? Because here's the issue, right? There's two schools of thought. One, submission only. You go for the submission. You go for the submission. You go for the submission. It's more exciting. Yep. It's right. The other side is, is that tactically, it's not always the best move. What are you going to value higher, exciting match or winning? See, I prefer the EBI rules to the AD. What is it? ADCC. (laughs) Yo, check out my dyslexia. (laughs) Um, I prefer the EBI rules because that is just submission only, no points. So people do just attack, 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 and they don't worry about putting themselves, not in a bad position in terms of I'm going to get submitted, but like putting themselves in a bad position as in I'm going to lose points from this position. So I prefer... No points. Well, the nice thing about it is it's a dual system, right? Yeah. Like the, the first the half, ne- there's no points. The next best system is this one where you can do that in the first part of the match. It's just, yeah, it's, you know, it's a trade-off. It's a little bit like, you know, George St. Pierre in his, the, his first half of his career and then George St. Pierre in the second half of his career, right? Like once he got knocked out by Matt Serra, all of a sudden you see him really invest in the tactics and his finishing rate went down massively Arguably, his fights were less exciting, but the man won. He's just a winner. So, like for example, Arthur would be probably the best option because we were talking about it during the on the commentary. I mean, the, Arthur and Gary were just throwing hellfire at each other with these leg locks. Yeah. They were they both close. They both had heel exposure multiple times, you know. But I didn't see them do things like sweeping off of the leg locks, taking the back off of the leg locks, like you know the leg lock is more useful than the submission. And I'm, I'm kind of a, a purist when it comes to, when it comes to getting the best out of anything that you're doing. Right. So like if I go for a leg and then if I go for a heel and you start to turn, I'm, I'm going to also take your back. I'm not just going to sit back down again and try the leg lock again. Yeah. If I'm going for a leg lock and I get your butt to the mat, I'm also, if I can't finish it, I'm going to come up and get on top. Yeah. And maybe that would be a little bit more tactical and less exciting, but it's also what you should do. And it is the right move. And it's 
it gets you in a more dominant position. So a little bit of a trade-off there, right? I've seen it though in that rule set where not last night, except last night every match was fire, but I've seen other competitions with that rule set where once the points have kicked in, what was a really exciting free flowing match suddenly turns into boring point scoring jujitsu. That's true. That is true. You're right about that. But the, the trend that I kept seeing with the, the leg lockers is that they would, they would get an entry on the leg. The person would either turn their back and try to, you know, because you know what you do, yeah. right? Like if somebody's got you, got you in the cross ashy, you're trying to free your knee line and turn away, which gives a little bit of back exposure. And then the back exposure would be there. Everybody would spin out, and then they would both sit back on their butts again. And, and no one would take the top position. Yeah. Maybe it's because they're more confident in the bottom. Like there, there are tactical reasons to do that as well. You know, like if I go in for a heel hook and then I get a good bite on it and I could come up, but maybe I'm more confident in my guard on the bottom than my ability to defend or pass on the top. So then you could tactically make that choice. But, you know, I really didn't see much. I didn't see a single back take off of it. Actually, I think Arthur listened to us. There a couple of the guys, a couple of the guys heard me, <laughs> heard me. Yeah. Cause I'm loud. Major talks like this and you know, he's just kind of very quiet, first, but I'm yelling the whole time. So the first fight with Mateo was hilarious. Cause he clearly heard what, <laughs> Oh, he should get to his back and make his triangle work. As literally you said it in the commentary and he did it. And yeah. he, he thanked you for it afterwards. And he, like, he mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, he mentioned it, which is kind of funny. Yeah, even Major and I made the joke because Major and I have coached against each other so many times in the competitions, right? And we'll literally be like, I'll be like, grab his arm. Major will be like, don't let him grab your arm. And it's just like <laughs> back and forth, like stupid shit like that. And so we just kind of make jokes about it. But but yeah, man. Okay, so I want to get a, a couple more shout outs in there. Uh, Tiffany and Oz, thank you for letting me do the commentary. Fuck a fuzz. You're the man, dude. You were just teeing it up and letting me and Major knock that shit down. Uh, David, David was really good on the mic too. I really, really enjoyed the commentary team. So David, fuck a fuzz and major, you guys are badass. Lion city hook that shit up. Let's do it. Let's do it. And, uh, also I want to shout out a few more of the guys who competed, uh, jar. Did you see this guy? No, I never met jar. I never trained with him or anything. He got the bronze. So he competed against, I can't remember who in the, can you bring up the tournament real quick, Jake? He was in the he was in the tournament, yeah. Yeah, the Japanese guy. He he competed. Jar competed against him in the finals. Uh, against Jed, who was it? No, no. Uh, can you yeah put that up there? No, no, no. Can you yeah zoom in for me? There you go. No, keep going to the left. Sorry, man, I can't remember this dude's name. June, June. So he competed against June, who I believe is Japanese in the the bronze medal match, and Jar's. Pre- what I liked about Jar is that he he mostly until the end was just working his passing or he was playing top. He had old school, classic passing, like half guard under hook control, the head and arm knee slice pass. And this dude was just a tank. He was a tank on the top position. And I like that, man. Like seeing, seeing a jar and seeing Mujig dominate the top position against all these dynamic leg lockers on the bottom. Like there's something, there's something that hits different about some motherfucker who can just crush your guard, right? Just fucking put that pressure on that so heavy that just literally makes you want to give up the pass because you're like, I can't handle the heat. Yeah. I can't handle the heat anymore. I mean, I love the dynamic elevations into the cross ashy inside heel hook, the dynamic back takes to the rear naked choke, which is what Kai Shong did. And uh, someone else got a nice RNC as well. Oh, Oz. Oz also got a nice RNC. 
But there is just something about that motherfucking driving that knee of death into somebody until you make them just open their legs and then say, please pass my guard. Just make the pain stop. I'm just going to let you pass now. Just make the pain go away. Yes. Fine. I will. (laughs) And then I'll take your back and choke you. I don't know. I like that. That pressure passing in Jar was a motherfucking tank on top. So uh, shout out to you, Jar, for, for getting the third place. And shout out to you, Amiral. Amiral deserves got lanky madness going on, dude. Long ass legs, really dynamic. And Amiral also, he definitely spent the most time on the mats. He had the longest mat time by far. Also submitted everybody in like two minutes or something like that. Amiral had, I think, 25 minutes or something of, of competition. So... Uh, really nice stuff from everybody. We saw a full range of attacks all the way from the top of the head to the bottom of the foot and on multiple matches. The submission rate was super high. Yeah. I don't know how many finishes there were, but there were only a couple decisions, I think. You know, we got the, the main event there between Lecky and Arden went to points. There were only a few that went to points, but the whole thing was just spectacular. Man, What, what did you think about it, Jake? What, just the tournament overall. Yeah, I didn't catch the whole thing. Uh, I watched. I started watching it, and then I went out, and then I might have had a bit to drink, and then I came home and basically watched from uh, the Bruno match onwards. But every match I saw was like high level jujitsu. Like Singapore's no joke in the jujitsu scene. It's not like yeah. imagine ten years, dude. It's gonna be ridiculous. Yeah, especially when you got all these kids that are coming in that are starting jujitsu at like six years old. Like once you get them there. Huh. It's gonna be a problem. Yeah, you're gonna get you. You're gonna start getting kids coming through who are coming through to adult classes, who've been training, like you say. Well, not since yeah, since they were six. In a few years' time, like what my boys? No, my my daughter's a good case. That she's seven, so she's been training since she was four. So by the time she gets to sixteen, <laughs> and yeah. goes to like an adult it's class, gonna be like, choking yeah. people, choking people, and especially when again to go back to. To a Mateo, who just impressed the hell out of me. Two and a half years. I can't believe that. I, f- I feel like you're lying, dude. Are you lying to me? Are you, are you lying to me, Mateo? Come on, bro. Secretly, you can't be that. in a black belt. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're secretly 40 years old. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, uh, did we miss it? So, Kaishong and... Uh, um, can you go through the other... The Who did Kaishong compete against? can't remember the guy's name, unfortunately. Uh, Glenn, was it? Glenn, yeah, who I kept inadvertently shitting on. I, I didn't mean to. By the way, Glenn, you're fucking jacked, bro. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Don't wear that T-shirt. Just Have you, take that off. I, I, did you see his Instagram? Like, he's a he's an MMA fighter. Yeah. He's jacked. He's a strength and conditioning coach. You picked the worst photo of all time to put up there. I'm just being honest with you. But you look fucking strong, man. Like, listen, Kai Shong is an animal. And he was giving him all kinds of shit. Kai Shong had a quick nasty back take like he had that shit underneath the chin before uh uh, gary glenn glenn sorry before glenn could even react and so like literally in the transition the the arm was under the chin he he was done right but up to that point his wrestling looked good all of his his escapes like everything looked good and big strong i I got to look super smart in the group chat as well because i was like oh after major last week was like, oh, Kai, Kai Shung's definitely going to win this. I was like, in the group chat, oh, Kai Shung's definitely got this one. And low-key, the, the moment of the night for, I think, particularly major is, I don't know if you saw, but after the match, Kai Shung goes, listen, this is just the beginning. In a couple years' time, we're going to the UFC. 
Kaishong, let's go, <laughs> motherfucker, let's one go. One man I believe that from is Kaishong. I've met him a few Fuck times. Fuck yeah, man. Let's do it. I love it. I literally just want to punch Jake because I'm so pumped. <laughs> <laughs> Not because I'm angry. I just like boxing. Look, I just fucking want to, you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm weird. <laughs> but yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Let's do it. I love when people say that. You know, let's go. It's, it's good to see people motivated again, right? And that's the real thing about this competition that got me so fired up was just like, oh, it's progress. Oh, another competition. Please, Singapore, don't close us down. We just got notified about the primary schools. If you fuck us over again, Singapore, I'm going to get out of this motherfucker. Right, we cannot what, close yeah. us down again. What we cannot, cannot do at this point in time is announce another Stronghold Fitness Challenge because every time... <laughs> right, no, no. Every time Alvin announces a Lion City fight and then we immediately announce a Stronghold Fitness Challenge. Lockdown. I know. So we're not doing it this time. It's bad get luck. Get fat. Get fat. It's bad, it's bad luck. <laughs> Speaking of, actually, the, the jiu-jitsu competition made me realize that, especially if Alvin's able to use the same production crew that, that uh, Oz used and Tiffany used for this, Lion City could be fucking sweet, man. It could be fucking sweet. Can you pull up that picture of me that the only picture of me that makes me look like a badass the lion city poster <laughs> like a, why are you the poster book I, for I, I don't know I, I didn't i had no idea it was gonna happen he did that totally without me knowing and then alvin had this fucking hilarious post i can't remember I, it was a <laughs> did you see it yeah what, what did it well, say yeah, something like um something like uh, singapore martial art organization how to run Get poster, white boy on poster equals profit. Yeah, ran, random boy. Yeah, exactly. Something plus random white dude equals money. Or <laughs> a profit or whatever. So yeah, put hey, that, oh, put that oh, up there. You just want to show this once, do you? Nah, I'm, <laughs> dude, I'm going to tattoo that on myself. I'm so egomaniacal. Let's go. I mean, come on, dude. Let's be honest. I look pretty fucking jacked. <laughs> you, are, you are shredded. <laughs> and, I, and I was that jacked for approximately one day. <laughs> and then immediately after that. So actually, oh, Alvin, you motherfucker. You put yourself in that picture too? You put yourself and you squeeze a little, squeeze a little picture of yourself in there too, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, I'm really excited for this. God, I hope they don't fuck it up and close this down again. I'm so nervous. Can you actually put that back up there? What's the date? Uh, 20th of November. Oh, we'll be fine by then. Everyone who's going to die at the Delta variant will have died of it. So let's just have a fighting Man. championship. Well, Alvin, thank you for the shout out. Thank you for uh, putting me on your poster. It makes me feel awesome. Gives me a little bit of an ego stroke. Makes my penis a little erect. <laughs> but uh, I, listen, if they can get the same production crew that did, uh, that was able to do the competition yesterday, that would be awesome because they were really professional. And uh, you give me and fuck a fuzz some time Why? as well, because me and fuzz are supposed to do the commentary. Like we can really riff off of each other. I uh, mean, listen to me. If you got him and fuck a fuzz on, you need me to do hair and makeup, because the shine alone on the head is needs fixing. Bro, so I'll... <laughs> I was feeling confident. I was feeling confident a second I'm not, ago. I'm not saying you weren't looking good. I'm no. just saying my retinas took a while to recover from it. Listen, man. So hair and bald makeup. is beautiful. You can't. You can't hair shame me just because you've got beautiful flowing locks and a new fucking haircut, okay? <laughs> yeah, man. But so anyway, if the Lion City, if they can get the same production crew, that's fine. That would be awesome because me and Fuzz, this is the first time we did commentary together and we're supposed to do commentary for that and we're kind of vibing on each other. Like, man, fucking Fuzz is pro. He, he, he can just set you up, man. Like, I walked in and I, I did my prep on the athletes as much as possible, right? Only through Instagram stalking, which I did. I stalked all of you guys. 
I stalked you. And, uh, but Fuzz is like, he had the script down. He's like, oh, Lion City, sponsored by blah, 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 blah. Right, this UFC gym on this location, and we've got this. He, he called me a prominent black belt in Singapore. I was just like, oh, what? You guys are being so nice to me. I don't know how to react to this. All my students just shit talk me mercilessly and fucking troll me. And then outside of my gym, you guys are actually nice to me. <laughs> so uh, I think that would be sick. Also, I told this to Oz, and I thought the production was good. I thought it was great. But we got everything in this motherfucker here. We can help you out. We can cut your costs, Oz, we if you need it. We definitely have better microphones. We definitely have better microphones. Yes, we have better microphones. And Jake can definitely handle the sound better. The camera's maybe not as good, though. They had a dope-ass camera. Yeah. And a nice team. Yeah. We're, we're kind of a lean and mean here, but listen, you got to bring Jake on. Jake knows what's up. <laughs> Jake's the whole reason we can do this. If you saw what this fucking room looked like right now, if you saw the amount of cables and the amount of tech in this room right now, you would literally have no idea what's happening. I don't even know how it works. It's magic. I this mean, is literal I'm, magic. I guess 50% of the time. But somehow you figured it out. Like, so yeah, Lion City, uh, November. Sorry, what was that one? 20th or? Uh, 20th, November. So everybody in the community, please, please support this because. Do you want your picture again one more time? Uh, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> Put it up there. Now look away while I pull out my penis. <laughs> so yeah, please support that, guys. This is going to be sick. And Southbridge Road, Jingle MMA. Sorry? No, no, just uh, reading the venue. Jingle MMA, Southbridge Road. Don't know that one, but... Oh, it's a jungle. It's nice. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. We're thinking about maybe maybe doing a little collab-a-laba with them, a little collaboration. Because I'm um, kind of sure they don't have a jiu-jitsu program, and they may want one. And I may know a guy who does jiu-jitsu. A couple guys. <laughs> yeah, one or two. Yeah, so yeah. maybe we'll do a collab with them. Either way, we, we got to support that. No offense to you, you jiu-jitsu hardcores. I love jiu-jitsu, but it's fucking boring to watch, okay? With the exception of this most recent one, which honestly was the most entertaining I've ever been watching a jiu-jitsu competition. It was so good, I watched it twice. Like, really. And uh, But that production value and that professionalism to an MMA event, now we talking, bro. You know, again, not hating on, on jiu-jitsu, but I just genuinely find MMA way more entertaining to watch. Like, I, I, I watch more jiu-jitsu tutorials than I watch jiu-jitsu competitions because I'm trying to learn stuff, not because I'm watching it for entertainment, but I watch every MMA event, all of them, because I love watching it. I love watching real fights. So, and of course, I, I love jiu-jitsu too, but especially if I can be a part of it, if I'm coaching it, if I'm coaching guys competing or I'm in that scenario where I'm commentating it, I get just as much pleasure as MMA. But if I'm like just viewing it from home on my own time, I'm watching MMA over jujitsu yeah. all day. Yeah. And uh, so to see the potential of what we saw yesterday applied to an MMA event, Alvin may be on to something, bro. Alvin, you might have a good motherfucking idea. And I love how, uh, Alvin and Tiff and Oz and SGBG Open and Lion City and SGI are all working together. Yeah. I mean, the average age of these motherfuckers is like 25, right? Yeah. Imagine 10 years from now, 15 years from now, when they've got this figured out and these young guys who are deciding that they're going to be promoters have this experience and have they've grown the scene. Man, there's some real potential there if we can just support it long enough to give it enough time to grow into what it could be. Right, so please support your local martial artists. I appreciate all of you guys who watched, uh, watched the matches and then sent me the pictures of my, my head and Joe Rogan's head. And I, I became a meme instantly just because I'm the bald dude 
with the shiny forehead calling the fights. People kept sending me some funny ones, like the virtually identical, the, the, the Mike Goldberg one. People just kept trolling me. I don't know why you guys like to insult me so much, but I kind of like it. <laughs> but uh, speaking of exciting Singaporean uh, MMA events, we got the one coming up next week. We're going. We are going to this. We are going to go to this. It's going to be awesome. Jake and I are going to do something. I don't know what we can do, man. It's, I don't know what the move is. For gonna, like, I tell you what, chances are we're going to stand outside with a camera. If you watch this podcast, you'll see us standing outside. Come over, chat to us, tell us about the scene, tell us about what you do, tell us about what you think is going to win the card, and after the card, we'll do the same. Tell us what you think. And I may or may not be wasted at that point. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be definitely speak to us beforehand, not after. <laughs> Yeah, so so the fight card is sick. I'm really I actually I almost was too late to order the tickets. I literally looked two days before I bought them, and everything was open. And then Major had to ask his wife if if she wanted to go. That took a day to get back, and then I just fucked off for a day. And then I looked another day, and like all the tickets were pretty much gone. So we're kind of in the nosebleeds because I was I was too slow. But we still got tickets. Plus I ordered five tickets, so so it's going to be me and Jake and the old wives of and Major. And, and the wives, and we're going to go. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be the first live fight that I've seen in a long time. So shall we break? Did we break this down already? No. No? Okay. Let's get it. Let's get it. And then we got some other MMA gossip to talk about, including DJ and Rod, Rod Tang. Oh. We got some juicy, juicy stuff coming up. So let's let's hit this up, man. Can you so read that out for me? Because um, Yeah, start from the, the top. One, this is the one I'm excited for. Christian Lee versus, uh, what's that, Uke Rayong. Yeah. Oh. Every oh, time. Oh, oh, oh. Like, Every time I see Christian Lee, he just gets better. Yeah, this guy is an animal. This guy is an animal. He's the truth, man. Christian Lee's the truth. A lot of trollers in Singapore have issue with the Singaporean stuff, but that's not on him. That's that's evolved. If you want to make an issue, make an issue with their weird-ass marketing. But uh, Christian Lee and Ocrayun. Ocrayun is the guy who just beat Eddie Alvarez. So, actually, can you pull up? Ox record. I don't know much about him other than his last two fights in uh, in one. So it'll be interesting. And maybe uh, let's let's take Major's advice and check out Tapology, because then we can see what his opponents you mean, you combined. Mean instead of just going to Wikipedia. I don't know if Ocrayon has a Wikipedia. No, he's on Tapology. Okay, yeah. Let's let's pull that up. And if you don't mind, uh, just reading it for me, because I'm in a weird angle and I can't really see anything. So right, let me pull it up. Yeah. Okay, right on. So record 15-3-0. Oh, uh, oh, current win streak. Current streak, four wins. So he's uh, got a bit of form going in. Where's his last set of fights? We never used Tapology before, so now we're going to be old men. But Major insisted, and yep. I, yeah, yeah, I, so I, I take a wise man's advice. Eddie Alvarez beat him, so no joke. And Marat. Okay, so that's two world champions in a row, son. That's two. Marat is the former uh, lightweight champion. I've seen him. He's as hairy in person as he is on TV. Actually, I mean, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at, at one or anybody about uh, some Mexican supplements, but I'll tell you that when Stephen Langdown fought, or I can't remember if it was when Major fought Boku and I was cornering him, or when Langdown fought uh, Alatong Haley, who's in the UFC now. I can't remember which fight it was, but Marat, that hairy Russian motherfucker, was in there weighing in. I think he was a featherweight, so. This was back before, unfortunately, that Chinese kid died, and then they changed the rules to yeah. prohibit weight cutting. Um, but I saw Marat in the sauna. He was totally full of body hair everywhere. He looked like he looked ridiculous. He's got like a, a Zabit type hair, <laughs> you, you know Zabit. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, but this guy was 145 pounds. I would have been 175. 
170 at that at that point, right? We we would be the same weight class, but he's 20 pounds lighter because he just cut weight. Yeah. That dude was so dense. He was so th- he was bigger than me somehow, even though I'm 20 pounds heavier than him. And he may or may not have had a lot of acne on his back. <laughs> a lot of acne. A back knee. Yeah. So, you know, 30-year-old men with acne on their back says a little something. So, unrelated. Anyway. <laughs> but point is, Marat is a former world champion. He's very, very good. And he and Auk beat him. And also, Eddie Alvarez, two in a row. Who else? Can you, can you throw that up there one more time? Yeah. So uh, Marav. A couple of ones outside of one double G five, one being Kim, which So wait, his first fight in one was against Marat? Yeah. Damn. So Ock guy's a beast. What are his losses? Can you can you see how he lost? Uh Tom Tantos lost unanimous decision. Decision. So you never know about those things. Decision. decision. His losses look to be decision. No KOs or subs. Is one more if you go down. KOT. Okay. KO. Okay. But that's like way early yeah. in his career. Oh, that, oh that's fight. oh that's oh, Song yeah, Yadong. Oh. oh shit, Song Yadong, a mother. This guy, Yang. So he's fit for some. Like, you know, speaking of equilibrium, uh, Yang is the guy who who told me about how good Song is. Yeah. So the only person to knock him out is Song Yadong, who's a mother. This guy might be a champion, man. So Ock fought him. Listen, Ock looks good. This might be a tougher fight for Christian Lee. I, I'm not going to pick against Christian Lee anymore. I've done it too many times. No. Like, I, I, I give this kid not enough credit. I, I kept saying he's too young, he's too this, he's too that. Every time he makes me eat shit. <laughs> and so I'm not going to pick against uh, against Christian Lee again, probably until he, if and when he gets to the UFC. But I will say that this might be a harder match than everybody thinks. Those Koreans are tough, man. Those Koreans in one are tough. But Christian Lee, Singapore's favorite son... That's a joke. Look, That's look a joke. At, look at his fight streak. Okay, let's take a look at Christian Lee's topology. Throw that up there. So this is the win streak he's on. So let's. Like, go, oh man, look at that shit. Nasukin. Look at his last four. His last four: Aoki, Daggy, Yuri, Timothy, and now Ock. Oh, that Oc. that is as stiff a competition as it gets in one, with the exception of Eddie Alvarez. Um, but Eddie Alvarez just can't the, seem to get it done. Is, yeah, you can't fight Eddie Alvarez if Eddie Alvarez isn't winning fights and keeps losing. But he's had a couple weird ones, right? Yeah. Like he, he had, had a weird decision. Uh, no, sorry, disqualification. It wasn't. Against Yuri. Yeah. And then I feel like the Auk fight was also weird. I, didn't I, see I, I have to go back and watch it again, but I, I watched it when it happened. But I, I feel like it was a pretty close fight. Can you go to the – can you go to the – what the decision was again? I can't remember, but – I remember Eddie was pretty close a few times to putting it on him. Might have been, a, I think it was a decision. And let's see what the result was because I can't quite remember. Maybe we should go back and watch that one again. Yeah, no problem. So he was a decision and then no con. No, no. Wait, let me bring it up. Against Eddie? Yeah, yeah, let's see what we got here. So it'd be his most recent fight. Decision. Yeah, decision. Okay, yeah. But I remember it being pretty close. And I remember Eddie Alvarez coming on hard at the end of that fight. So Eddie Alvarez is still in there. You know, he's, st- he's still competitive in that division. He's just come with some hard times. But I, th- I think he can get it. I still want to see Eddie Alvarez and Christian Lee. Oh, yeah. Bet I your think- ass I still want to see that. 
I think if Eddie can put a like, few five winning streak together, which he obviously can, then it sets him with Christian Lee, and that'll be like maybe Christian Lee's coming out party to the world. And honestly, that that shit with Yuri, yeah, Pishis, that, that that was bullshit, dude. Yeah, he take a fucking dive. I've seen a lot of dives in one lately. That Rug Rug, did you see that fight? Yeah, where he like got punched in the throat or something. He's like. He's, oops, sorry for the audio again. And he's flopping around on the mat, and I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, There's been a few of those where you're just like, what is happening? Like, You're in a professional fight. Anyway, moving on. So that, that fight's a banger. Can't wait to see that. What's the co-main here? Uh, Captain versus uh, Medi. That's the kickboxing fight, right? Yep. One, oh. Yeah, that's it. Capitan and uh, Medi. Is it two? Is that two? Yeah, it's a suit. So, listen, I'm not all, all up on the international kickboxing scene, but I can tell you without question that one has the best kickboxing and Muay Thai in the world. Their fights are bangers, man. All of those fights are bangers. Yeah. I literally will just see a one kickboxer and Muay Thai fight at the top of the card with two people that I have no idea who they are, and I'm watching that shit. Because their matchmaking, particularly with kickboxing and Muay Thai, is excellent. So I'm definitely – and that's a title fight as well, right? Yeah. Is it kickboxing or Muay Thai? I think it's kickboxing. Kickboxing. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm definitely going to be stoked for that. We've got three championship fights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a good card. And we're going to it, dude. I can't wait. I can't wait. And uh, yeah, we've got uh, Pacquiao versus uh, Saruta. Pacquiao. Pacquiao, sorry. I can't. Wrong Pacquiao. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But also Filipino. So we have Joshua Pacquiao and Saruta fighting for the third time. They just keep putting these dudes together over and over and over again. And I think it's the third time they fought in like four fights. So it was like, I think uh, Saruta won the first fight, and then Pascio won the second fight, and then there was like one fight in between somewhere, and then uh, now we're dealing with the third one. These two, along with uh, Alex Silva, are clearly the top people in the division. That's why they keep having a fight over and over again. But both fights were close. Both fights are bangers. Saruta is a Japanese grappler, really heavy wrestling. Pascio comes from that Team Lakai. Really, really dynamic striking. Also pretty slick on the ground. And Team Lakai's had a rough year. I remember in 2018 or 2019, they had like three or four champions, and they yeah. were one of the best gyms in Asia, and then they've since struggled. But uh, Joshua Pascio has shown that he's the one that – he's the real deal. And uh, so that, that fight should be a banger. I'm going to pick Pascio for that one, though. And then we get to Martin Nguyen. Martin Nguyen. Can you pull up his record, too? Because he was a two-division champion. He was a lightweight, and he's the featherweight champion, and he beat Christian Lee twice. If I'm not mistaken, he will have been the last person to beat Christian Lee and he lost his title. Yeah. Let's, let's see his record here. Really strong overhand. Just fell in love with his overhand too much. And yeah, that's what happened with Ton Lee. He just kept throwing the overhand, kept throwing the other hand. Speaking of Ton Lee signed to fight Gary Tonin for the title next. I don't know if you saw that. Maybe we can talk about that in a minute, but can we go down a little bit? Let's see where he lost his championship. Can you move the page a little bit to the left? I can't see the, yeah. Right? So he knocked out Jadamba. Go up a little bit. Did he... God, did he... Uh, say whether the championship fights. I can't remember. Did he just f- forfeit his title? He may have just forfeited one of his titles. He lost one for sure. Ta- he lost the fight to Tan Lee. But he may have just given up the featherweight title. I can't exactly remember. But look, uh, go down to... Uh, put that back up there, please. If you... Oh, picture in picture of me and myself. <laughs> there you go. And uh, he beat Christian twice, right? Christian 
Christian's beat him. No, no, no. He beat Christian. This is uh, this is his page. Wait, whose page are you on? You're you're on uh, Martin's Martin, page. Yeah, Martin's page. So, was it twice or once? No, because we've got Christian for the win here. Yeah, no, he won over Christian because that's that's his page. Oh, oh God, sorry. Yes. Oh that's yes, he beat him twice. Yeah, twice. You're right. Beat him twice. Listen, he's legit. They keep trying to put the third one together because they're evolve. Chatri wants to get Christian that win over him so bad, ah. so bad. The evolve guys lose. They're just gonna put you in there over and over oh, again Ch- until you win. Chatri got his brown belt. I know. I saw that so, as well. Yeah. Exciting stuff. I feel like that dude is worthy of plenty of criticism, but I feel like he's a workhorse. Yeah. I oh, feel like that guy's a workhorse. Everything he does and have time to get your brown belt. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's definitely deserving of a lot of criticism, but. I feel like that dude is a workhorse, and he's done a lot for the martial arts scene in Southeast Asia. So I got no uh, nothing bad to say about that dude because he's done more to promote my favorite thing on the planet than maybe anybody in this region. So you got my respect. Congrats on the brown belt, Chachri. Uh, and uh, after that, so Martin. Who, wait, who, who's Martin Wynn fighting? Uh, he's just, fighting uh, Kim Jae Wong. I don't know. Uh, does, can you check his record at one? Is there a click on it? Maybe. I don't know if I've seen him fight. Let's see if Martin's actually got a fight on his hands here. I'm sure he does. The matchmaking at the top of one is the top three, top five is usually pretty damn good. Can you read that for me, or at least a, yeah, a line or two, and throw it up there on the main? Uh, so featherweight champion. Oh, so he, I think he was a champion in another organization. Was he like a road, like a Korean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Korean striker who's willing to take a punch and land one of his own. And he rode that reputation to a title shot in a South Korean regional promotion in just eight professional contests. So it looks like it's his first fight in one, maybe. And these Koreans are tough as hell. They are tough as hell. The Koreans in one are damn good. And Koreans are workhorses. Those guys train a lot they train a lot they make me feel lazy korean and japanese people man they have a work ethic so this might be a challenge and martin's in some tough times a little bit you know he's he's one of those guys that kind of fell in love with his right hand he's really really dynamic in a lot of different ways he's the only person to shut christian lee's jujitsu down outland him on the feet outlast him in those first rounds where he comes at you like a fucking hell spawn demon and uh, beat him twice, so th- that that should be a good fight. This whole card is sick. Let's just get down a couple more here. We got the young Lee fighting somewhere down here. Amir, Alakbari, and Anatoly something. <laughs> yep. Malikan? Him. Okay, I don't know those guys. Amir, Alakbari, I've seen him fight, but I don't know anything about the, these guys really. And then we got Victoria Lee against Victoria Souza, the hopefully now. Literally a child against a woman. Oh, and apparently Victoria is also from Singapore. There you go. Which is interesting nice. because I'm pretty sure she's never been here until she <laughs> signed a contract. Uh, who's she fighting? Some, who's uh, the 17 year old? Victoria Souza. So who is? Okay. I, I now want to know how old Victoria Souza is. I only want to know how old she is so we can decide if this is like child endangerment or not. No news there. Let's see if we can find that. How would you feel if you got beat up by a 16 year old in front of like. 20,000 people, Jake. I wouldn't feel great about myself. I'll be honest. I'd, I'd feel a little... Would you even risk it? Would you even take the match knowing that... Especially, like, here's the thing. The... If you're Evolve and you're fighting a Lee, 
especially early on, you're getting you're getting fed to them, right? Like honestly, you're getting fed to them. The lead the leads are their cash cows. Now, I'm not saying that to discredit Angela and Christian because they both have earned their championships. Like, but you know, Christian was 17, right? Yeah. When he first started Victoria, uh, Angela, obviously when you're young, you're not, they're not giving you world champ. They're building you up, which is what you're supposed to do. So I'm not saying this in like a negative connotation, but when 16 year old Victoria Lee, first of all, you're not going to put Victoria, a 16 year old against somebody who's going to fucking smash her. Right. Cause first of all, she's, you know, represents a big part of your income. Secondly, it's not a good look to see any, a 16 year old girl get the shit beat out of her. But that possibility exists. So can you find anything on this? Oh, yeah. She, so she does have a uh, Sherlock page. I'll bring up. She's 24. Can you throw so. it up there? Okay, so it's not quite child abuse. <laughs> Pretty close. 5 and 0. Oh. So, yeah. She went okay. 5, five okay. and 0. Oh. What's her wins by? There's a record. Uh, TKO, TKO, submission, decision, submission. Hmm. Maybe I stand corrected. How would you feel if just Victoria got fucking smacked, like <laughs> cut up? Right. This is the thing. No, no, here's no. here's the issue, right? We've never seen it yet. But imagine, uh, imagine, because it, it's totally feasible that it could happen. Imagine Victoria Lee ends up looking just bl- bloody mess, bloody yeah. mess, cuts on the eyes, like or like a gets a Sage Northcut type thing, right? Yeah. Gets the jaw smashed, broken in ten places. Gets the nose broken, turned sideways on her face. How do you feel about a sixteen-year-old, seventeen-year-old girl that, that that happens to? It's not a good look. For it's one not a good look at all. Like, and that's why I'm sure they're very careful with the matchmaking. Yeah. Because that would be a disaster. Yeah. But, but you, it, you can take all the care in the world. Like we see in training, everyone looks after one another, and then someone leans the wrong way into a head kick. Yeah. Exactly. But even even the flush knockouts are not bad. It's the uh, look look up Devin Clark from today. Did you see this this guy? No. He literally got his fucking teeth knocked out. Like it's gruesome. Devin Clark uh, teeth. It was literally today. So I'm sure if you just go to the images, if you're watching this podcast, get ready for some. Get ready to, for us to get pulled from YouTube probably. But listen, we're this is an MMA podcast, and this is what we do here. So if you're a little snowflake, sorry, turn your eyes away. If you have any sort of dental phobia, just close your eyes now. Look at that. Oh, God. That is brutal, dude. That is brutal. I mean, what if that happens to 16-year-old Victoria Lee? It could. It could happen. This is a pro MMA fight. She can get sliced and diced and elbows and knees to the head and the nose hanging off the side of her face. And the hematoma is another one you can pull up. Uh, Walking Buckley today. The guy with that crazy jump, yeah, spinning yeah, back yeah, kick yeah, to the guy. face. He had a hematoma on the side of his head. Looked like he was growing a child off of his eyebrow or something. You might have to type in hematoma or fight today or right, something like that. He's hard enough to spell, but I've been trying to put hematoma in there as well. Jay Buckley. Oi. Yeah, it was a gnarly I'm one. I've not seen this one yet. Yeah, this was just from today. Let me throw that up there. I mean, look at that. Look at that. It looks like a... It looks like he's growing a second head. Yeah, it looks It looks like a, a box of like mints or growing out. Of, you know, it's like that shape, like a box of mints yeah. or growing out of his forehead. And he won. <laughs> you know, he won. So, listen. This 16-year-old fighting stuff in, in one is cool in a way. 
But until we see, like, you know, what if, what if, what if Victoria Lee gets Michael Bispinged, right? Yeah. What if, like, that Vitor Belfort head kick that blinded him, detached his retina? What if you get a, honestly, a detached retina is probably more likely than a, your fucking teeth getting caved in or something. But, like, what if that happens? But, like, this is an adult sport. Yeah. I'm really fucking sketchy on this, man. Like, 16 year olds as well. Like, the nerves could get to her. She could completely shut down and just be. Yeah, you know, a human punch black. And also, why can't we wait until she's 18? Yeah. When does your, can you Google this? When does your brain fully develop? I know you, oh, no, I know the answer to this. It's not until you're 24. Right. Okay. So imagine the subconcussive blows that you're taking in training every day. Imagine the fight. Like, you're 16. Give your body, you're not even, your body's not even fully developed. It's, it's weird. It's it weird. weird. And as well, like, They've done grappling contests in one. Like Gary Tonin's done grappling contests in there. Uh, one of the Graces has done it as well. Just let her do grappling contests. If you want to give her exposure, get her used to it. Let her do grappling. Screw it. Let her do combat jiu-jitsu even. Like, but don't put her in an MMA fight at 16 against an adult. Or put her in an amateur MMA fight. Yeah. Put her in shin pads, bigger gloves, no elbows, so you're not getting sliced and diced, right? You know what I mean? Like, the scar tissue, the... We're saying all this, but by the time the fight's on, we've had a few drinks. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna be, an, yeah, I'm gonna be that guy. I'm gonna be like, go Victoria! I'm gonna be that drunk a-hole in the back. Listen, I, I, w- I wish the leads well. They're damn dynamic. I'm not saying I'm not gonna watch it. I love Wonder Girl, right? Like, the thing about Wonder Girl is she's already had 150 fights or whatever the fucking number is. I mean, I don't know how many fights she's had, but it's a lot. So for her, you can't tell her not to fight. She's already had so many in Thailand that what are you, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Right. But. It's it's a tough one, and it will last as long as you know. It's weird, as as bureaucratic as Singapore is, as on point as everything here is. How is there no athletic commission that's like, um, we probably can't fly foreigners into our country, American foreigners into our country, and, and have them funny. beat the shit out of each other on television with zero oversight. Hmm. Like honestly, what they just announced? Uh, Chatri announced that they were going to look at that fight. I can't remember who. F- maybe you can find it. But there was a recent fight in one where the board of directors. <coughs> if you can't, if you're listening to this podcast, the quote unquote air quote <coughs> board of directors has decided to review this decision that happened in one. This was like. Two weeks ago, or something like that. Denise uh, Zambonega versus Amsi. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, Those were definitely sounds that you made. Oh, I saw that fight. She got a massive cut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can yeah. you uh, pull it up and try to say the names? I, I can't see it, so. If you fail, it's okay. It's fine. Even we'll if you lose, you win. Denise for now. I okay, and uh, what's the other one? I should know your second name, but I don't. Here we go. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, Denise has plenty of sympathy following a split decision loss to Sam Hiohi. And now one championship boss, uh, Chattery, he revealed the fight is under formal review. The South Korean veteran picked up a controversial victory on a promotional debut and in the 24-year-old Filipino, her first loss at Friday night's all-female empowerment card in Singapore. But Chattery announced in a Facebook post on Sunday that the Atomate Grand Quarter Grand Prix quarterfinal bout will be looked at by one's competition committee. <laughs> 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 competition. Which, uh, committee. which could overturn the result, but why? It doesn't say why. 
It doesn't say why. And uh, this is my point. There's there's zero oversight for any of this, right? There's no athletic commission in Singapore that manages this. I don't know how on earth in this country that is so on top of so much shit you can allow first of all the owner of Evolve to also be the owner of one and you can allow them to he can pretty much make the matches he wants there is a matchmaker but Chachi obviously can influence it yeah you have no athletic commission so you can have whoever the fuck this board of directors are who is it who are these people you know who it is in America oh it's the Nevada State Athletic Commission you know who those people are? Yes, because we can Google them. We know they have open hearings. You can find out exactly if they're going to overturn whatever, if they're going to look at something. You can find out who those people are, and they will do live open meetings to discuss this stuff. Who's doing this for one? How are they allowed to go in and potentially overview a fight? And based on what criteria? This is a professional fighter. And the good news is, is they chose not to overturn this. Yeah. But every other time they did. I think it's the third time it's happened. The first two times they overturned it, the most recent time they didn't. They don't do this as only favors as well because it seems they to show favoritism. Speak right into that, dude. Oh, so yeah, he, he doesn't like. He, they don't do themselves any favors because they seem to favor their own fighters. I'm not saying that's the case, but that's the impression that everyone has. Well, whether they favor them or not, they're certainly able to favor them that's the issue yeah right it's not i'm not even saying they do they do i'm not saying they do (laughs) they do but the potential i have no proof of it right but i've seen some of the matchmaking that's happened right and i've seen some matches get overturned and were they questionable yes should they be overturned maybe but should you have the authority to do that no and that's the issue because it creates the possibility of favoritism not that it's happening and it's gross or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But if you create a situation where it is possible, eventually it's going to happen. Yeah. 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 I mean, can you overturn a title fight if it's a shitty decision? Can your, uh, well, you can do what you want. <laughs> I mean, if you're Chachri and one of the evolve guys loses a really, okay. So let's take, let's take a, what's the shittiest title fight decision about Machida Shogun one. Maybe. Yeah. Is that, is that the worst decision in a title fight that you can think of? None spring to mind. But that, yeah, no, most no, people yeah, yeah. agree that that's yeah. a quote-unquote robbery, right? Oh, well, if you want to go slightly more modern, uh, John Jones, Dominic Reyes. Okay. Was I feel like yet. the first one was more clearly, like that one, I agree with you, but yeah. I can also see whatever, yeah. right? I mean, the Machida Hua first, first fight, Shogun fight, was clearly Shogun should have won that fight. Right. I tell you, Holloway Volkanovsky. There is no way Holloway lost that fight. Yeah, that's fair. But universally, the Machida yeah, yeah, Shogun yeah, yeah. fight was pretty much considered to be. Actually, I I don't agree with this, but even uh, Johnny Hendricks GSP, yeah. literally every single expert picked Hendricks in that fight. Yeah. So let's say we get a Machida Hua, but I love GSP too much, so I'm not going to use him <laughs> as an example because I'm biased as fuck. So let's say that it's a Machida Shogun one example. Can you go in and you're board of directors or whatever the hell go in and overturn a title fight if there's nothing that says you can't then you can yeah then you can yeah so i mean this is the stuff that i would like to see one do but no con- no company wants to <laughs> impose you just sounded like oversight you said something really bad what what did i do no and then it sounded like you said the c word what, what tell me what did <laughs> you, you said you stuttered and it sounded like you said no 
No cunt? Yes. Oh, why don't you just say it? This is our podcast, man. I've swore 200 times already. Jake's afraid that's of the, the C big, word. The C word's a big one, though. That's the one. But that's the best. That's the most awesome British term ter- ter- ever. We save that for special occasions. Uh, I, I disagree. <laughs> just throw it out any random situation. It's awesome. <laughs> but anyway, so that's my dumb spiel on that. Uh, is that the last one? Then- there's, there's one more exciting one. Buchecha MMA debut. Oh, right. Buchecha. And he's fighting Anderson Silva. Yeah, not Anderson Silva. He should should change his first name to not. Not Anderson Silva. Anderson Braddock Silva is, I believe. So I was surprised this was um, buried down on the, um, you know, on the prelim sort of thing. But then Darius, uh, the coach at Stronghold, was like, well, they want to see, (laughs) they want to see whether he's any good or not before they put him on the main card. Because whilst he might be amazing at BJJ. Like, we've seen in the past people who were amazing at BJJ, and that does not translate to getting punched in the face. Yeah, and actually, can you pull up uh, not Anderson Silva's record? So that way we can see the kind of level, you know, and again, any organization, pardon me, any organization is going to be careful with its stars, right? This is Buchecha's first fight. He doesn't need a, a world beater, right? And, and I'm not saying that he should, and certainly it's not in one's interest to throw him to the murderer's row immediately. This is not the UFC. The UFC don't give a fuck. They'll give you anybody. Like, your first fight in the UFC may very well be brutal. But this guy's fought a few times at one. He's definitely the more experienced MMA fighter. I think that's him. There's, there's a few Anderson Silvers, so I don't know if I've got the right one. Oh, I, I see what you did. You didn't type in not Anderson not Silver. Anderson, no. That's where you made your mistake. Oh, his record looks pretty salty. Oh, it's pretty right salty, guy. yeah. Okay, so can you... How so many, how many like, fights do you have in one? Oh, yeah, so... But kickboxing bouts. So I can't see that he's had an MMA fight either. He's a kickboxer. Oh, is it? Yeah. But he fought in one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it was one kickboxing. Yeah, one kickboxing. Oh, that's cheeky one. That's cheeky. They're going to be like, it's grappling versus striking. And realistically, it's a guy who has no idea yeah. how to stuff Zero a takedown. <laughs> Zero grappling. It's striking versus grappling. Players. What style will win today? Uh, probably oh, the guy who knows how to actually do a takedown against a guy who has never stuffed a takedown in his life. Yeah. So, you know, Buchetz is definitely going to win that one. Me too. Me too. And again, I'm playing both sides here because... I'm not saying that Buchecha should get some world beater in his first fight. He shouldn't because that would look that would look ugly, like a uh, Hadolfo Vieira when he fought Fluffy. Yeah, remember that? Still one of the craziest submissions I've ever seen. And listen, when you first start, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a BJJ guy and you've recently started doing maybe MMA or kickboxing or boxing, it is difficult to take those punches properly, right? Like you tend to flinch, your distance is wrong, you know. There's a lot of potential problems that could come. So, is it weird that I kind of want Buchecha to get knocked out? I don't know why. That's where I'm. I don't know. Is it weird that I'm like that? No, it's just. Why do I want the Buchecha guy to lose? Like my whatever. I'm just being honest with you. My like, is it because it's evolved? I don't know. Like I, I literally like my impulse is like I kind of want to see him get knocked out, <laughs> even though like Buchecha is awesome. He's an amazing grappling competitor. He's one of the goats. I just don't understand why my I'm like I, I t- want. I maybe t- it's because I'm. Tell you a, why. Because it'd be funny. Is that why? Yeah. Why, would it, why wouldn't it be funny for Anderson Silva to get, get submitted? Because it's predictable, I guess. Yeah, but submissions aren't as fun as knockouts. Yeah. That's why. And I guess it's also like a, it's, a, it's an underdog mentality. Like yeah. Everybody expects Pachecha to win, so I kind of want to see him lose just to 
throw fucking fire on the situation, right? But it's weird that I'm immediately like, oh, yeah, what's that guy get knocked out? Why am I like that? <laughs> anyway, but that's the sports fan mentality in me, right? You, sometimes you just want to see chaos for chaos' sake. Yeah, it'd be exciting. I'm very excited to go. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, man. All right, well, that's pretty – we did have a UFC today. I don't care. I'm only interested in Singapore events at this moment. I know. It's, I'm vibing hard on it, man. There's another sick – oh, we, we didn't talk about uh, Demetrius Johnson and Rotang, that mixed rules bout. That's a that card is that the end of the year card? Can you see what that is? Because yeah. I I think one is pushing pretty hard for that end of the year card as well. You also got to wonder like one must be hurting through COVID as well. Yeah. Like. Because they sell out the stadium every time it's on it. As much as it's fun to kind of like troll evolve in one and stuff, like I really really wish them the best because if they weren't here, the scene would be much much worse off. Just trying to see what's on it. Uh, so we've got this bizarre. So what is it? One round, one round kickboxing, one round MMA, one round kickboxing, one round MMA. Three minute rounds, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That's wacky. I can give you a 94, random ass number, 94% pr- prediction of this fight. And if I'm right, I'll clip this and I'll share it. And if I'm wrong, you'll never hear from it again. Because <laughs> that's how YouTube works. That's how podcasts work. So, I mean, listen. Here's my prediction. The first round is kickboxing. So DJ will obviously have to deal with... Yeah. He's, he's going to slip. He's going to clinch. He's going to grab it. He's going he's gonna to do what Logan Paul did against yep. Floyd. Anytime Road 10 gets anywhere near him, he's just going to grab him. And he's going to hold him. And he's going to suck off vital seconds. He's going to clinch and hold. If you think that like DJ is going to strike with Rotang, you're out of your goddamn mind. There's no way. And you know what's even funnier? I remember hearing, maybe it was when uh, DJ did the Rogan podcast or something like that, talking about when he had a Muay Thai fight. Did yeah. you, ever, you ever hear the story? No. So I think in the early days of his, we got to figure out what, what's... It's cable, I think. Yeah. yeah. Sorry if that blasts your ears. But I think it was when he did the Rogan podcast, he talked about how he had a Muay Thai fight early on in his career. And he goes, you know how I want it? My wrestling. Clinching. Yep. So if that doesn't tell you exactly what his mentality is going to be going into this against the number one, I would argue, pound-for-pound fighter in Muay Thai right now, the fighter of the year and as of last year, undefeated in one, fucking road tang is a savage. There's no way DJ's trading leather no. with that dude. Small gloves. No one. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But I still am immensely fascinated, but... The idea, most people think like, oh, they're going to fight. DJ is not that guy. He's, he's a master strategist. He's not. His MMA is so good that once it's hit round two, it's over. And his footwork, yeah. right? It's going to be, he, he's going to be really, really mobile early on. And then anytime Rotank tries to cut, cut my in, he's going to clinch. He's going to yep. slip and clinch. There's still a lot of threats that Rotank can get him with. I just, but listen, when DJ gets in the second round, one takedown, that shit is over. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Like, I feel like DJ knows how to survive more in striking than Rotang in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I mean, spoiler oh, alert. Yeah, DJ's submission game is insane. Which What was the crazy flying one he got that time? Yeah, against Horiguchi. Yeah. Jesus. In the last, was, is literally the last second of the round, right? Yeah. It was 4.59 of the fifth round, right? Yeah. Of a match he dominated for five rounds. Yeah. And then he just magic to flying submission out of thin air. Like, Rotang's not. Rotang's an amazing kickboxer. He cannot stop DJ. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way he's going to be able to stop him. Like, 
all DJ has to do is survive that first round. And I think – and Matt Humes is fucking coach. Like him and Matt Hume are going to come up with a strategy. He's, he's not a good enough striker to strike with right hand, but he's a good enough striker to avoid him, if that makes sense. That's well said. Yeah. Well said. And also, his footwork is good enough that he can go on the outside, he can circle, he can, he's, he's so quick, he's so light back and forth, and then you come inside, boom, slip, clinch. Boom, dip, clinch. Boom. You know, there's still things that Rotec can do, but, you know, if he gets on top of Rotang, it's, it's done. Rotang's going to turn his back to try to get up to his feet. He's going to get rear naked choked. Yep. Count, mark my words unless I'm wrong and then you'll never hear from me again. Unless, <laughs> yeah, unless DJ forgets again that he can be kneading the head in one. That's a good point. That's a good point. And they're using the unified rules too. Yeah. But, you know, that's probably not going to happen, man. Like, I don't, but here's the counter argument. Rotang and the ties do spend a lot of time clinching. Yeah. Well, actually, real quick, Jake, is it, it's Muay Thai rules in the first round too, right? It's, it's not kickboxing rules. It's Muay Thai, right? Can you check? This is very important, actually. Uh, let me... Sorry. Just bring something else. Uh, yeah, no worries. Find it. Please tell me it's not kickboxing it. rules. Because if, if it's kickboxing rules, that's super shady. I can't find it now. I'm pretty sure it's Muay Thai rules. And, yeah. But it's one Muay Thai rules. So uh, here's, here's what I'm saying. Oof. Yeah, we got to figure that out. Sorry for the ear explosion. So here's, here's what's interesting about it, right? Even if DJ clinches... Yeah, Muay Thai and MMA hybrid. So even if DJ clinches, Rotank can still fight him from inside the clinch. Yeah. The question is going to be how quickly is the ref going to get in there and separate them? Yeah. Because in Muay Thai, there's, you're not getting separated. You can throw knees, elbows. And you can stay, I mean, in real Muay Thai, half the round, half, most of the round is spent in the clinch. You're outside kicking the body because those points score high, and you're in the clinch. I'm wondering how the rules and how the referee are going to go about maybe protecting DJ. Yeah. Or like, oh, as soon as DJ tries to clinch him, are they going to separate him? Or are they going to let him work in the clinch? Because if they let him work in the clinch... Different story. Actually, now that I think about it, I'm more interested in this. Because I, I was thinking he would clinch, but I don't know how they're going to do it in terms of the refing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's not... Thailand style Muay Thai I think it's international uh, Muay Thai rules which they do separate in the clinch sometimes so uh, yeah it's um, it, the international Muay Thai rules though, it's better than the kickboxing rules they do let them work in the clinch it's not an immediate stop it get off each other yeah so I wonder what the uh, listen I'm, I'm down yeah I'm going I'm fascinated 50, 50 for 70, it. I think it's here and then can, is, do you, are there any other fights announced on that I think that's also the uh Gary Tone and Ton Lee fight. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. So yeah. that we got to go to that one too. We got to go to that one too, Jake. And then uh, they announced one other fight on that card, I believe. Let me bring it up. There's a cha- yeah. there's there's two championship fights. I know that. Yeah. Go. So those will be the two. Oh no, I don't think the DJ Road Tank fight is a championship fight. It's just a mixed rules. But no, there's another um, title fight on it. I think I'm just trying to find it now. I'm also holding a mic lead. World champion, uh, Bibiano Fernandez. Oh, yeah. Who's he fighting? He's scheduled to fight number one. Oh, oh John, John Lineker. Lineker. All right, oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good one, too. We got to go to that one, Jake. Yeah, that one sounds amazing. I'm getting wet, dude, just thinking, <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about it. Because uh, that is a banger. Because Bibiano is the longest reigning one champion, a little older. But... 
That, that is a banger, man. That is a damn good fight. We got to go to that card for sure. I don't know who will win that fight, honestly. I got to like Lineker, though, because he's younger. Yeah. And he's got... Hands he's of got, stone. He literally says it in his name. <laughs> yeah, he's got literally fucking war, nuclear warheads in his gloves. Yeah. And goes to the body with oh, reckless when abandon. When he reckless. the body, it is a sight to behold. He'll throw it's like amazing. four body shots in a row. I don't know how someone doesn't just go bang like, and hit him. <laughs> but he's just like... <laughs> coo, 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 coo. I'll tell you why. Because they're just getting hit in the body going, oh, this hurts. Fuck this hurts. They don't want to extend to throw a punch yeah. because they got the, one of those body shots is going to fucking cripple you. Great signing by one yeah. with Lineker. I can't believe the UFC let him go. It was weird. He kept missing weight. But one's, you know, when you have the hydration and one stuff. One fix the weight cuts. Yeah. It's still a little sketchy, though. Because, <laughs> again, no oversight. So, John Wayne Parr is the only person I've ever seen get pulled from a fight because of the water thing. Yeah. I guarantee you. I know for a fact these guys are cutting weight. I don't know how There's much, what percent, around. all that kind of yeah. stuff. Because, again, <laughs> there's no oversight. But... I digress. All right, dude. I think we we did a solid hour and a half. If you're listening to this podcast and you uh, enjoy it, please like, share, and subscribe. I'm so happy that we finally did a live event. The vision of this podcast was primarily doing like local Southeast Asia covering of martial arts. Because if you go to Sherdog... You go to Bloody Elbow. You go to MMA fighting. You go to you listen to Ariel Helwani talk about one. You li- what? What? That's what? These motherfuckers don't know shit. They don't know shit. They know what evolve and chachery and one feed them. Yeah. This is the real shit. I'm there getting strangled by you motherfuckers, sparring with you guys. I've cornered in one. We're in the local scene. I'm at the jujitsu tournament. I'm coaching kids from Singapore. This is the real deep cuts if you want to be informed on the local martial arts scene in Singapore. So to actually be able to go to a live event and finally get to like talk to people and follow them and learn about the new people and then commentate and then do this. Honestly, man, that was like a bucket list thing for me was being able to do some form of like combat sport commentary. Yeah. It, it fucking hit every nerve. I was vibing so hard. That's why I got wasted afterward. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was a real pleasure. So uh, I feel like that Dave Chappelle, like, I look crackhead, like, y'all got any more commentary for me? Just, just a little City. more commentary. Lion City. It's coming. So, uh, yeah, Lion City's next. Please, Jeebus, don't fuck us over <laughs> and <laughs> close us down again, even though the cases in Singapore are high. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this podcast, following it, liking, sharing, and subscribing. And if you're in the scene and you want to chat, just Hit me up. I'm super easy. As long as you don't cancel on me a bunch of times last minute, I am super easy. Yo, if you see us at the fights next week as well, we'll have a camera. Come over. Have a chat. Come talk put shit. You on, uh, put you on air. Come give me a, like an unexpected rear naked choke. Listen, I'm fun. I may hip toss you, but I'm, I'm, I'm fun. <laughs> All right, everybody. This has uh, been the Stronghold Podcast. Special shout out to uh, Singapore Grappling Invitational, Lion City, SG. BJJ Open, please bring back more of these competitions in that style. Hour and a half. Get it done. I would way rather go to like an hour and a half or two hour long competition for one rank yeah. than do 12 hours of every rank. Yeah. This was thoroughly enjoyable yesterday. Thank you, Singapore martial arts scene. You guys are beautiful and have a good day. Beep.